RadioInfluence.com. We'll break down and unpack the psychological warfare being waged against us. What is lawfare and why is it so dangerous? And where do we stand with election integrity or the lack of it? with forensic investigator Jovan Hutton Pulitzer on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. He's back for a third time to, at the very least, keep us from jumping off the proverbial bridge, if not talking us off of it. It may not seem so, but Jovan insists we're actually winning this war of subversion. Really? How? Let's get into it. Back in uh, May of 2022, when I went down to Rock the Red, for the second year, I had I had barely gotten in the door. And I'm going to tell the story again because it's been a while, you know, since Jovan has been on, and people haven't heard this since the very first time he was on back in May of 2022. So I get in uh, in Greenville, South Carolina, and the co-host Donna Fiducia and Don Newen. I can't even get to the door, and Don is, do you know Jovan Hutton Pulitzer? I said, no, he said, well, he's here. You've got to know Jovan and you've got to put him on the show. And I'm like, gee, who is Jovan Hutton Pulitzer? And of course, as things would have it, 40 minutes later, I'm coming back down the elevator and there is Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. And I do believe I said to him, Jovan, I got to know you. I got to get you on the show. You're the man. I'll find out why when you speak tomorrow. But Don Newen who I trust said, you must put Jovan on. And this is Jovan's third time on United Patriots Uprising. He was on in May of 22. He came back in October of 2022. And uh, he has just lit up the airwaves and people want to hear what he has to say. So I welcome back to the broadcast, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. And I'll let him tell you who he is and what he does because it would take me too long. Welcome to the show, Jovan. Thank you for having me. Uh, always great to be with you. I am uh, just a nerd who figured it out. If you were actually looking at me, you would see that I'm a nerd hiding out in a biker's body. I look more like I want to punch you in the face than I want to teach you how to use your <laughs> computer. But that's just kind of how God made me. I'm just a technologist. And, and the easiest way to explain it to you is when you go through an airport and you no longer use a boarding pass, but you lay down your phone on the code and go through, that's me. When you go through a toll booth and you don't throw change anymore and it just links up to your card and knows what credit card you use and debit, that's me. I'm just a technologist guy. And how I got in to all this stuff is because these voting machines, whether we like it or not, happen to operate off my patents. You know it when you use your phone to zap a barcode or a Q code or QR code and retrieve information. That's me. So billions of people around the globe use that to get information. And that's how I got in this mess when the 2020 election happened, trying to figure out, okay, what happened with this election? Because it was supposed to be all by 
predominantly mail-in ballot, but I was looking at all these flat ballots. And now here we are. It's been a long fight. 2020, you know, the battle for 2020, which occurred in 21, was the longest decade in my life. And then 2022, which is 2022.0, was the longest decade. Yes, it's the decade because that one year felt like 10 years each. And here I am with less hair and a lot of gray hair later as we still continue to fight this. Yes, we'll still continue. And for people who want to find out about what is going on with the elections from 2020 and 2022, we will get to that. But we have more pressing issues, and here's one of them. A very wise man said, following the ridiculously bogus indictment of President Trump, and I quote, I want you to remember what you're seeing from the media is really just political theater. It has always been an operation to control your mind. This is psychological war, folks, and it is designed to make you believe that we as conservatives are losing and that the world is changing and leaving us behind. But it's absolutely something different than that. See, folks, we are winning. And the left, the cabal, deep state, has their backs against the wall and they're freaking out. They're freaking out because you have awoke from your slumber and apathy and you're starting to pay attention. A wise man said that. Did you ever hear that, Jovan? And I'd like you to comment on this wise man saying, if you've ever heard this before. Well, I've heard that and said it many times. Hey, that's that's where I got the quote from you. So, <laughs> see, it's impossible to win a war if, A, you aren't aware you're in one, and, B, you don't know the weapons your opponents are using to attack you. That's right. We, that's we right. see some of the physical aspects the left is using against us. You say we can't afford to sleep on the psychological. Please explain. Well, psychological warfare is just that. It's designed to try to make us lay down and to make us give up. You have to understand, this is a full-fledged world war we are in right now. It's not like our fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers fought anymore. They decide not to expend military. And here's how you know it. When we could lose a million people in World War One and a few million in World War Two, and then you get to our current wars and, you know, we flip out when we lose 100 soldiers or 10 soldiers. All deaths are bad, but it's the way warfare is fought. And if you take that declining trend, you understand right now what we're in is we are in a global world war that is trying to conquer the United States of America, but they do not deploy physical assets to do it anymore. They deploy um, digital assets in the way it says, because the battlefield, this particular battlefield is not continents away. It's a half inch. And that's the half inch thickness of your forehead, getting from the outside of your forehead and getting into your brain. And the key part here is to just make you give up and think we're losing. Oh, hell, I'm not going to do it. Screw it. How many of your friends it says to hell, I'm not going to vote again. Never mind. My vote doesn't count. That is how they're fighting this war, because if they can convince you that the courts or laws or lawyers or whatever are not going to pay attention, judge or otherwise, then and you decide I'm not never going to vote again. You do remember you're letting them off the hook, because if they can convince you of that, well, then they never have to rig another election. The war we're in is psychological. That's why my program's called Cut the Crap, Culture, Race, and American Politics, because these people crap in our cranium every day. And if we're going to win, it all begins with a mental enema. 
we understand this, but how do we explain this to people? Please break it down. Explain it to them because people say, well, look, we're losing. We can't win a court case. This is happening. The border is open. You know, Biden's going nuts. And, you know, we like when we look at what just happened and we'll get into what just happened with President Trump. You look at it, you see, OK, Hillary, she's smashing stuff. They're bleaching stuff. Bill Clinton perjured himself under oath. Hunter's laptop. Joe shook down the Ukraine. Nothing's happening. So how can you say we're winning? Well, you've got to remember, uh, you think nothing is happening, and that's just incorrect. Number one, our nation at the moment is the most astute it has ever been about elections, how they're run, how they're screwed up, and how they're taken over uh, from the inside than ever. That's a win. We've had okay, let me stop you there, because that you say is one of the gifts of the 2020 election. See, we looked and said, oh, the sky's falling. We're finished. But you say, and I agree with you, the 2020 election, if it wasn't for that, they could have just kept moving this football an inch and inch and inch. And, and we would have totally lost everything and not know how. That's right. That's right. It's because our eyes are open. Next, Roe versus Wade got overturned. We're now having some traction with uh, election integrity. Uh, you now see that people are paying attention to what's really happening at the border. All of this stuff was happening under a nose, but but we weren't aware of it. Every one of those things is a win. And the fact that even in Arizona, which we'll get to later, but the fact that Kerry Lake has gotten to both the court and now the Arizona Supreme Court, every one of those are wins. Now, if the left had already won, and if this was fait complete and already done, they wouldn't be attacking us, blocking us, or controlling us anymore. The psychological warfare is still on. In fact, it is heating up. Mm-hmm. And it's because we're waking up and it's harder and harder and harder. Let me tell you this, real simple. We're sitting here doing your program. We're certainly not, either one of us, ABC, NBC, CBS, or anything like that. But you have to understand those organizations have spent billions upon billions upon billions of dollars to convince us we're wrong and they're right. And we still don't believe them, and we're still winning, and they still suppress us. That tells you how hard they're having to fight for this. But as we get closer, especially with the stuff they're doing with Donald Trump, It is all about to get it more alarming and more scary. And the bottom line is if they can indict a president, then they can scare the hell out of you that even you're not safe. If you can take somebody that wields that much power like Donald Trump, that's that love like Donald Trump, and they can beat him down, your mind says, man, if they can get to him, he can get they can get to me and I can't defend it. And that's part of this war. But you also have to understand your living history at the same time. No president, no sitting president or no past president has ever been indicted before. The closest we got was in 1872 when Grant was in fact arrested in Washington, D.C. for speeding. He was running his horse carriage a little too fast and uh, did it too many times. (laughs) And they did pull over his horse carriage for speeding on M Street. And they, in fact, ticketed him and arrested him. That's the closest we've ever got to somebody this high up being in true prosecutorial trouble. I hear you. Now, I have friends that say, "Okay, I listen to all your podcasts and you bring on all these great guests like Jovan. And yeah, the all these things are happening. But if they're in control of everything, how can we be winning? Because 
everybody is waking up, but we can't do anything about it. What is your answer to that? Because I have friends here in New York on the ledge, including my best friend, that that he won't he can't even listen to the show anymore. It's too depressing because he hears all this great stuff and he, then he goes, nothing's happening, though. Nobody can do anything about it. Well, I would I would listen to your own words. The human condition is we can't be of two minds. You can't have a mind that uh, news is fake, fake news, and at the same time, believe what you hear in the news. That's being of two minds. Here's what you said. They control everything. Now, let me ask you a question. Do they really? See, because I think if they actually controlled everything, you and I wouldn't even be having this discussion. I agree. See, I agree with you. Uh, I'm just uh, speaking for my friend. This is what I have to defend, and you're not here to help me. (laughs) This is what I would tell your friend. I would say, okay, let's just say they control everything. Is this a male or a female? It's a male. Yeah, okay. He's a, he's a, he's a um, very mature Christian male, biblical counselor. So what I would say to him is I would say, okay, so let me, let me tell you how I know they're not controlling everything. You just answer yes or no and go, okay, do you have any money in your bank account? He'd go, yeah. And I go, well, they don't control everything yet. Are you living on the street because you're a conservative and a Christian? No, I have a home. Uh, Have they lopped off your appendage yet because they want to make you a woman? Well, of course not. Well, see, they don't control that either. Uh, Are we even having these discussions? Yes. Do you still have a private bank account? Yes. Uh, Do you still at least get to make some uh, uh, decisions in your life and at least get to vote? Do you still get to talk about this? Because the reality is, if they controlled everything, the just absolute get real reality, because they want to kill us now, you and I wouldn't be having this discussion. So you can you can think fatally. You can think, oh, they control everything. Nothing's happening. The mere fact that we are discussing it, the mere fact that we can still discuss it, the mere fact it's in the news and we're still fighting over it absolutely proves beyond a shadow of a doubt they do not control everything. Now, they're trying to. You can adjust your thinking. They're trying to control That's it. his fear. He said, well, it's coming. <laughs> yes. Well, here's the deal. You try to think about anything in your in your life. If any of you have ever employed people, if any of you have ever had a crew or whatever that worked for you or in a classroom or even in your own family, it's hard enough to get three or four people to do absolutely what you want them to do every point of the time. Well, they're dealing with 330 million people. Now, they might have 100 million of them bamboozled, let's say. But if there ever was herding cats, that's it. And so the only choice they have is because physically and literally they cannot control everything and they cannot control us. The only thing they can do is control thought patterns and media. That is why we've had this turnabout in the United States. And I'll give you an example. The closest we ever came to being a socialist country was in 1920. And in 1920, back then, a socialist ran from prison. He was imprisoned under the Espionage Act, Mm -hmm. but still ran for president and got a million votes. Now, at that time, the Atlanta, media, Atlanta federal prison, right? That's Atlanta federal prison. Penitentiary, yeah. Right. And the media was calling him out. And America realized this is bad news, bad sauce, bad juju, and they just didn't deal with it. The only thing that's happened here is the tides have turned. Now the media supports it. And 
even with the media supporting it, because the media is what pushes this in our minds, it is still not fait complete. And the, the absolute proof you have as they try to go socialism and try to do this, and just how monumental it is, is ask yourself how many people didn't take the mandate clot shot. Folks, mm -hmm. there is no such thing as absolute control. There is absolute submission if you submit, if you give up, but they see they need to trick you into doing that. And that's whether that's only where your soul or your body is wired differently as to whether you're going to give up or whatever. And I tell people, I'll have that discussion with you one time. If you want to talk about and you want to say, oh, my God, I'm never going to vote again. And they already have it and they control anything. I tell a good friend, I'm going to be a good friend to you. Number one, I'm going to talk you through this. But number two, we're never going to have this discussion again because I'm going to unplug you from my tit and I'm not going to suckle you through this. And if you can't <laughs> even understand that they don't yeah. have it yet and mm -hmm. you just want to whine and moan so I coddle you, I'm not doing it again because I'm not letting that stinking thinking in my house. And if, right. And if you keep thinking that way, they will have what they want. You well, know, it and, just means it. Yeah. It means they're it means they're 50 percent there. Yeah. Well, you know, two things. Number one, how did we how did this come about? Like we know we know Karl Marx wanted, uh, you know, take over by revolution and, and Antonio Gramsci, the Italian communist. That was cultural Marxism will change the mores, will change Western culture, will change the language and everything. Who and how did this psychological warfare uh come about. We know Saul Alinsky did the unions and, and the so and all the uh, community activist stuff, but where did this come from? Where's the, where does it originate from? Let's just kind of play a, well, it, it originates originally with something that was called the communist manifesto when they realized that they could not uh, control us uh, with conventional warfare. Okay. And they had to do it a different way. And the, and the communists realized uh, that they needed to take us over psycho uh, psychologically in order to do it. But let me ask, let me ask you uh, a, a few things. Let's talk about this party's platform, you know, meaning the opposite side of, of the platform, if we mm -hmm. can. They say it's all about equality. Can we agree on that? That they say yeah, that. they say they say that, but there's you can't have equality. Right. No, I understand. Right. Just yeah. let's just agree on the points. They're out right. there promoting mm -hmm. we must have equality. And they're out there promoting, look, the rich just keep getting richer and we keep getting poorer, poorer, right? They do that too. They out there and say our wages are unfair, it's horribly unfair. They're just they're just raping us as workers. And then they say we've got to have women have rights. And if we're really honest and ethical, we got to have racial equality. So we've got to raise up the black man. Does any of that sound familiar to you? Absolutely. And one other thing you better throw in there that is terrifying to me as a black man, they piggybacked on the civil rights movement, which I have some problems with where, where it ended up. But however, they piggybacked on the fact that a black person that has no control over the skin color, they the, the, the homosexual and the transgender movement has taken it from a moral issue and made it a civil rights issue to right. piggyback on that to get that pushed across. Well, they're trying. They're trying. 
So now I want to drop one other thing on you. What I just read you was the presidential platform ticket from 1920. Wow. Had no idea. That was a fellow by the name of Eugene Debs. And he is what started the American Socialist Socialist Party. Right. Mm-hmm. They came very close. They came very close. That was when we had a country where all the immigrants were coming in, a lot of our ancestors during that time, the 1920s. He started about 1900. I just gave you literally his campaign flyer. Now, they realized back then they almost got it done. Now, immigrants were familiar with this because they were coming from socialist countries and they were leaving their countries because they were under uh, religious persecution primarily. And so they flooded to the United States for freedom of religion. That's what we were known for. And you could have an opportunity because it wasn't controlled by the crown or whatever. They almost pulled it off in 1920. Now, every one of those things are exactly what they're promoting today. Why? It Because it comes out of Karl Marx. That's exactly what Karl Marx did. That's what Eugene Debs learned while he was in prison and and converted to Marxism. They're repeating that plan, but they're repeating the plan that works back then that almost moved most of the nation. Remember, a million votes back then in, in any mm-hmm. one party was massive, right? And they're just using sophisticated tools to get it here today. Now, the, what they learned back then is they learned you can't be out in the open about it. Of course, this guy went around and he set up the American Railway Union and all these other things. It caught on like wildfire. That's where they learned to control unions. That's where they learned to control workers. But it was too out in people's faces about, wait, you're going to turn back into the same country I left. So all that happened is all of that went underground. Mm-hmm. People held their beliefs. They rose them up through the political, nonprofit, corporate, et cetera, ranks. And then what they do? Open the immigrant floodgates once again. Yeah, I hear you. That's where I we are. You. That's where we are. Well, Jovan, you have successfully once again now have people that were already on the bridge now hanging off by their fingernails, hanging on by their fingernails. So what is the solution? How do we get, since it's between our ears and psychological warfare, how do we combat this? Well, it's very funny because I was just doing some numbers and it's going to be my program uh, this evening. I broadcast at seven in the morning, seven in the evening, seven days a week. Central we'll time. get to that. Okay. And I, uh, I'm doing a program and it's about how do we extract ourselves from this mess mess. You have to realize we are at war. And so we have to have war strategy. Now there's several types of wars you fight. There are small skirmishes, small incursions, battles, planned battles, planned attacks, the whole bit. You're there's a hundred thousand moving parts in a war. But if you're really ready to end the war and there's too much destruction and everything else, at some point you're pushed against the wall and you have to create your little man and fat boy. Now, little man and fat boy are the nuke bombs that we eventually created with the Manhattan Project to end it. Now, you got to understand the left's doing the same thing. They are doing their nuke option to try to take over everything. But I want to give people some things to think about. Let's say, like you hear a lot of people out there, and these are all things I agree with on premise. We should one day voting. 
Only vote by paper. Get rid of mail-in ballots. Have voter ID. Get rid of the machines. Now, I agree with every one of those. And those require law changes at the local level. Because Mm -hmm. remember, our elections are locally run. They're state run. They have nothing to do with the federal part of it. Right. Which means you have to enact it on a state-by-state basis. So if you're trying to get rid of the machines, the counties choose it. So let's look at that number for a moment. Since the disaster of 2020, exactly two counties have now said, we're going to get rid of the voting machines and we're going strictly to paper and hand count. There's been two counties that have done that. In the United States? In the United States. You can't. And that's monumental. Until you get very sober about there are 3,143 counties in the United States. That means there's 3,141 counties left to do. And even if we could close one county per day, the telemetry, the time study says we've got eight years and seven months to go. Well, in eight years and seven months, we're over. It's that simple. We don't have the time to try to enact it in the methods that has that the Republican Party has been trying to do for 20 years. All the same thing, one-day voting, don't have mail-in voting, whatever. So where we are right now is we have to get real about the fact that we're in a war. And my personal opinion is, although you do all those things, paper ballots only, hand counts only, get rid of the machines, those take legislative actions a fast bill will get through in two years. Repeat, a fast bill will get through in wow. two years. Wow. So what's left? How can we be most effective? How can we deploy our little man and fat boy? And basically that means we need to create the very simple technology infrastructure so that we, the people, can undertake the investigation to manually investigate and clean our voter rolls. We have 168.9 million voters on our voter rolls. We already know that 21 million of them are bogus, totally bogus. But we keep on attacking things the same way we attack them. So I say while everybody's trying to get legislation done, we must treat this like a war and fund the war effort. We must build the technology that will allow us to clean the voter rolls And if we were to do that, and 100,000 of us, people like you, people like me, and we got together, and I'll teach you how to use it, and you can start using it in 30 minutes, and we dedicated a couple of hours a week to just investigating the information, making sure it was valid. If we had 100,000 people in the United States willing to do that out of 330 million, we could clean our voting rolls in 120 days. So why isn't this happening? Well, I'm trying very, very hard to get it to happen. It's a multi-million dollar undertaking to build because we have to build the technology engine and infrastructure to do it. Uh, I've already spent $1.6 million of my own money working to get there. I was getting ready to say, you got it. Just, you know, hook it up. (laughs) Uh, I'm still, I'm I'm very still millions short, Uh but you can't, you can't build it in small phases and small runs. You can't release it for this County here or, or this state here or whatever. We build it all at once or do it. Now here's the difference. When we try to uh, build things that are going to take our law fight. In other words, we have to fight it uh, legally. Well, you know, first you got to get enough citizens together locally 
and then you got to write a bill. And then the citizens uh, suggest that idea of a bill and you got to get somebody to sponsor it. Well, that means you got to get citizens to work together, but then you got to get at least one lawmaker in. You got to get a, a House uh, of Representatives lawmaker to put their name on it. Then they've got to go fight that battle in the House. Now, that depends upon when they're in session. But let's say if you're lucky enough to get through the House, then you've got to find somebody that's going to sponsor it in the, in the Senate to bring it in in the Senate. Then you've got to get the Senate to vote on it. And hopefully you get through the Senate and then it's going to go to your governor and your governor has the right to sign it or veto it. And if they veto it, you start all over again. That is the that's the things that take where we have to depend on the lawmakers to do it. However, if we bind together and focus on what we can do that we need nobody's permission to do, we do not need state, federal, local, county or any permission to investigate the voter rolls and find the dead people, find the bad people, find the bad addresses, document it, do it to a standard of law that will allow it to be removed. The only thing missing right now to get it done is us as conservatives willing to do it, grouping together to make sure it happens. And that is still a hard hurdle to get over because it doesn't happen by itself. I know. So basically what you're telling us, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't tell you that. You've already known we're in trouble. I'm yeah. telling you we've got to get real. I'm not telling you we're no, in trouble. We never get real. Get I, hope now that, real. I hope now that people are waking up, they will get real. Now, speaking of real, speaking of real, what is lawfare and why do you want to bring it to the table in this conversation? Because we're seeing it playing out right before our eyes and we've watched it playing out ever since Donald Trump came down that escalator. Right. Lawfare is when you use the rule of law as a weapon. This is exactly what the left is doing. This is what the Manhattan uh, DA Alvin uh, is doing. He's taking things that actually have expired as state law, and he's saying, but because it has a federal application to it, they're re it back up. You don't have to have a reason. You can sue somebody for looking at you cross-eyed. You could sue me for being so damn good looking. You know, you could sue people for a lot of things. <laughs> no, you just may not win, but right. you could sue. Matter what it is, but you're going to tie up people. You're going to tie up time and resources. And this is where they're tying up time and resources. Now, the problem is the left has weaponized lawfare in a very smart way. Well, even getting bills passed at the state level is lawfare. The average bill to get presented will have expended about $275,000 in legal fees just to get to that point it can be presented. Lawfare, we have to learn how to use it on our side. We're just not suing. You know, we we conservatives don't do it. We, we find it distasteful. We're not going to riot. We're not going to go burn things down, nor should we. But we should be using the law property. Now, there is a catch. See, the left figured out that uh, we're going to get smart one day and start using lawfare. So what happened right. in 2020 is they enacted a bunch of lawyers. It's called the T65 group. And as lawyers stood up being conservative and would file, say, hey, this was wrong, they'd turn around and file ethics complaints 
against the attorneys. And then those attorneys would have to go fight ethics complaints and couldn't fight the lawsuit. And by the way, that's one where if it gets on your record and you got an ethics complaint, it stays there for a while. So they're using every tool they can. Therefore, we need fearless people to do it. In the system that is contained, that's law, courts, judges, and otherwise, uh, it's unfortunate that there's not a lot of bravery because these people, these systems control your livelihood. That is why where we are in history is it comes down to us. See, they can't fire us, right? They can threaten Mm -hmm. us, but they can't fire us. They're not going to reach in in our own individual jobs and fire us. They'll try. And so this is where we as citizens have to collectively get together, do what's right and fight it and activate. And a very important part of that is lawfare, being willing to file lawsuits, being willing to stick at it, being willing to understand nothing that is worth getting done happens instantaneously and having the stick to to stay with it. But here's the bottom line. Even after all this crap, even after all this junk, we are still winning. They still haven't suppressed us. That's why our country is 47 years past the typical expiration right. date of the republic. And it's because I believe we're divinely ordained to succeed. And that's why our model that we did right, in this very young country of ours, superseded everybody else. So I don't think we're on borrowed time that we've made it an extra 47 years past typical republic expiration rate. I think we're on divine time. And and what we're faced with right now, I believe, is a test by God. I've said this to you before, but I'll say it again because it's worth saying. Mm -hmm. We are the first generation in history that sees our politicians, our governments, and our systems for what they really are. They're greedy and they don't care about us and they use us as earning and battery units. No other civilization before us ever had that insight. We now see it in real time. So with that gift that we've been given, I envision God sitting back and go, okay, guys, and I also gave you free will. Mm -hmm. So you're either going to activate or you're not. If you think this is worth it, if you think what... Uh, I was able to help you manifest with your great nation, with your grand experiment called the United States of America and freedoms and liberty and all the success and thriving you had. But yet all the old systems came in still trying to kill you. You've made it this far. If you think it's worth saving, then you better activate your free will. Because if you're not going to activate your free will to save yourself, then I'm certainly not going to do it if you don't want it. I hear you, Jovan. Now, I want to just further clarify what he's talking about, about lawfare, which is the use of using the legal system and institutions to damage, delegitimize an opponent or to deter an individual's usage of their legal rights. For instance, getting people to waste their time and money on things or winning a public relations victory. And we see this completely with Donald Trump. They've tried to get him to use his money. They try to turn public opinion against him. They keep throwing this and that at him, trying to delegitimize him. And now incarcerating him is the only way they think they can keep him from running for president in 2024, or so the left believes. Accurate? Yes, they're, they, uh, you can actually run for president if, even if you're arrested in prison. What makes it where you can't run from president, two things. You're either convicted of treason or espionage. Mm-hmm. 
And that's why they're tying this back. All of this things about paying Stormy Daniels and all that junk, it's not about Stormy Daniels. It's not even about the payments. They're tying it back. They're using a reverse hook saying it was only done to hide crimes winning the 2016 election and to hide crimes that you want it and to keep people from investigating and knowing the truth. That's how they're tying it together. Because when it comes to that uh, interference in the elections, that's where they can do that fine line when they have the Russia, Russia, Russia junk to say it's treason and espionage. It is only a conviction of treason and or espionage is the only thing that can keep Donald J. Trump from running. And so that's why they're doing the machinations this way. They're trying to link it together to hope they can get to that because that's the only way they they and the rhinos can take Donald J. Trump out of the running. Because please remember, even if he went to jail, he could still run for president. I hear you now. I, I know a lot of people that listen to this show uh, will know what I'm about to say. And I know your head will explode. At least I think it will. But some people may not realize this and I, I, there's, I've got some people listening now that probably are on, on the other side, but let, let's just run a few things down. When Bill Clinton had his problems as president, um, he got involved with what I do believe giving China some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had him perjure himself. I did not have sex with that woman under mm-hmm. oath. Mm-hmm. As we said before, you know, Hillary, they wanted her phone and they wanted her laptop and she had a laptop in her house. She had, she had a system set up in her house separate from the uh, the system that she was supposed to have. So then they did the bleach thing and she didn't turn stuff over to the FBI and they smashed stuff. Then you had Hunter in that laptop that they said it wasn't Hunter's and now it is. Mm-hmm. And the one that amazes me, cause I saw his lips move on TV when this uh, imposter in the White House said, yeah, yeah. I told you, Crane, you're not getting any money unless you fire that guy. That's right. (laughs) And I'm like, now, wait a minute. What? The very same people that had crickets to say about all that stuff. Now, this, which they couldn't eat. They didn't even want to do it as a misdemeanor. So so the the time to file it elapses. So now they want to bump it up with a felony. I, I I guess their hypocrisy has no limit. Well, I think it's really more about strategy. Let's go back to Bill's spill and Bill Clinton. Um, And way back when, by the way, I was the fellow that released back then the star report online. Mm -hmm. It was the very first big government document like that released online. Now, Bill Clinton, yes, was impeached. What people don't know because they don't understand their history is as soon as he served and left office, he was about to be indicted, just like they did to Trump. To avoid indictment, what he did is he took a plea deal. He agreed to pay a $25,000 fine, and then he agreed to be suspended from his law license for five years. So, whoopee damn do. <laughs> yeah, which, 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 who, who cares, right? He was never right. going to be a practicing attorney. But that was the 100% omission of guilt. And that's the only reason he was able to skirt getting indicted. This is, I, I see only three plays in this. 
number one, it's a regular tactic in the media. They'll accuse somebody of something. The media won't check it out. They'll run with it. And then they print, you know, a page 20 retraction down the road. But the damage is already done. The next part of it is I see two triangulations. They are, they have, and even if you watch President Trump's speech the other night, he was still rather subdued. At the moment, they have him on a leash. Now, what President Trump is battling at the moment is he now has to walk a very fine line that he doesn't get them too inflamed when he really lets them have it because now the judge has the ability to say you are in fact inciting violence and you cannot number one you can't post on social media until this is settled by court you cannot do a rally until this is settled by court etc so he knows he's walking a fine line now they know they have that leash on them it is probably going to sometime be executed because here's what's going to happen. This is not going to be heard in any form of court until probably October of 24. This is the October mm-hmm. surprise you're hearing. And so what they're going to try to do if this doesn't get uh, kicked out is they're going to try to push it up to that time. They're going to do another three, four, five, six day television event to try to diminish his uh, ability at the uh, ballot box. And that's how they're going to try to do it. Now, what they hope for is he loses his goal. It gets too hot. He says rhetoric, and then they shut him down from campaigning or otherwise, which is why they needed the January 6th insurrection crap. Mm. They needed that so they can look, he's he's raising an army. Yeah. It's a conspiracy. He's riling them up. We're in danger. They now have all of these things kind of perfectly set up that way. So this is going to be an interesting territory to see uh, how it's going to be charted. Now, number one, most of these, if not all of it, should be kicked to the curb fairly quick. If we find that the attorneys can't kick it to the curb, then they're going to have to uh, try to go to secondary courts to say, hey, this is stupid. And then they're going to do a procedure called, I think it's called interlocutory or something like that maneuver, because you can force it to go to court, even while it's in court, go to another court, have them look at everything. And they can basically say, yeah, this is crap. This is not valid and kick it out. So Trump may have to accelerate it by uh, trying to have another court to look at it to say, look, this shouldn't have even been here in the first place. And as far as I know it, all of that's uh, underway as we speak. Yeah, well, we know it's bogus and yes. uh, this is not, I, I say I say boomerangs and backfires because they're setting themselves up for, you know, they're setting a, trayer, a, a, a snare and a trap for us. They're gonna fall in it. My final I question for you. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. My final question for you is last time you were here in October of 22, you were talking about, you know, what was going on with the election, election fraud. You were involved in Arizona. You were just, you know, you you had all your stuff that you told people how you found all these dead people and cats and dogs and everything else or whatever that, you know, and, and we were looking and all of us were waiting for this big explosion in Wisconsin and Michigan and Arizona and everything. And now we know what's going on with Kerry Lake and everything. Where does all this stand? Because it just seems like no judge will really 
open this door for us the way we want it. Well, none of it's gone away. Remember in Wisconsin, they've now purged over 200,000 people uh, from the voter rolls, and that was a huge battle. It's one of those states that has 4.8 million people, but 7.3 million people on its voter rolls. All that is un- underway. You got Cary Lake now, of course. We went through all the court stuff there, had to fight, had to get back in, had to appeal to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court's forcing uh, the county court to look at it, the appellate court to look at it again. But now the county is playing obstruction justice. They don't want to turn over the signatures, and you have to fight. This is a game of constant fighting. This is a game of constant tug and war. Do not expect these people just because you went to court and even just because you have proof to ever give up. It is a constant battle. And it's just like right now with Maricopa, they've got to turn over the signature so the rest of the work can be done as determined by the Arizona Supreme Court sending it back. They're going to stand instruction of justice, and we're going to once again be uh, only as strong as the Arizona Senate, who has the power to not only force by subpoena, but to basically have them arrested if they're going to stand up again and do it. Remember, in 2020, the county didn't comply, turning over the servers, turning over the splunk logs and information. The Senate, the Republican Senate, had all the right to issue the subpoenas, and they did. When it came down to the wire, the Republican Senate let the county off the hook, saying they had complied with everything, when in fact that was a lie. And it was the Republican GOP attorney for the Senate that made everybody do that. Here we are again in 2022.0, known as 2022. They did the same thing, and we're back to the same wall. It's going to depend upon the courage and the drive of the Arizona Senate, they do have the abilities to get all of this not only exposed, but to enforce it. But you know what? Arizona is corrupt as hell. And if you expect anything out of lawmakers that were there in 2020 and through the 2021 audit and stuff and still did nothing, we're still under the same fight. So it's going to be a same fight. Thank God for Carrie Lake not giving up. Uh, Thank God for Mike Lindell. He's the one underwriting all the suits and he's doing it. The only change I see there is as it continues to draw out, uh, if Arizona is not going to get remedies and stuff, I do think there's a very, very strong suspicion and statistical odds that it will be Carrie Lake who will be Donald J. Trump's running mate. You know what? I I wanted to ask you that question because that's what I've been thinking for about three months. But I said, nah, let's not go there yet. But that's that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling the, the very same thing. Jovan, please, it's you know, we, we, yeah. More time at Mar-a-Lago, I can tell you, than Arizona. Yeah. There is a good statistical chance of that. Or Marjorie Taylor Green. I'm leaning it's probably going to be Carrie Lake. Right. I, I hear you. Yeah, you know, uh Hopefully you've talked most of the people off the ledge, but for those that are still kind of dangling over the, the proverbial bridge, uh, uh, give give us a word of hope for the future. <laughs> well, here's the deal: the, you got you have to you have to understand. Look, folks, you can't carry dead weight around in life 
any of your friends that are constant bitchers and moaners and clamber, woe is me. I call them Eeyores, like in Winnie the Pooh. Nothing's going to happen. Well, folks, you have two choices. Look, if you're a complainer, a bitcher, a moaner, so it is. That's okay. Some people are wired like that. You have two choices, folks. It's still free will. You either go register as a Democrat and be a legit bitcher, complainer, moaner, and start to learn Chinese. There's your choice. Now you've put, at least turned your moaning into something directed, or you can just decide to change the poison in your brain. Look, we are what we think. We are what we think of. And we do know that when you take a collective conscious of people, if the collective conscious of the people believe they're defeated, then statistically, historically, those people will be defeated. Why don't you just make one decision that's good for all of us? Instead of being Debbie Downer, why don't you just make a decision yourself as hard as it's going to be, I'm just going to focus on my mind. And you know what? We're talking about it. We're winning. Their suits. People's eyes are open. You know what? We are making headway. I don't even care if you have to lie to yourself every day. Write a little script in your brain and read it in front of the mirror every day to yourself. We're winning. We're kicking their butts. Things are changing or whatever. Because you know what will happen? If you will do that, eventually your mind will get in sync with the rest of it. And you will be helping the collective cause. But if you're just somebody who wants to sit there and ring your hands folks i want to let you know as a german american jew wringing your hands and being worried doesn't work do you know why because two-thirds of all my jewish brethren from germany and through the german countries during world war ii it took two-thirds of them being destroyed and burned before any of us activated and started to push back. We've learned from history. I'm not willing for that to happen, America. So you need to remember the Jewish people complained, bitched, moaned, ran their hands, sobbed, crawled into a corner. And it was only when they killed two out of three of us that we woke up. And when we woke up, we got it fixed. We need to do the same thing. Wow. Powerful testimony there, Jovan. Jovan, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Please tell people how to reach you, what you have for them to see, how to get it, and anything else you'd like to promote. Certainly. Use hashtag. You know, when you do a hashtag, like on Twitter, it's really just a way to do a quick search. So in your search engine, put pound sign. That's the hashtag. And then Jovan, J-O-V-A-N, Hutton, H-U-T-T-O-N, Pulitzer, P-U-L-I-T-Z-E-R. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, hashtag. Put it all together, no spaces, hit enter. You'll find everything I do. You can find me on Rumble. I do my program every day, 7 in the morning, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, seven days a week. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, forward slash Rumble. If you want the hardcore stuff where I tell you like it is and we won't get banned, join me over at Locals, jovanhuttonpulitzer.locals.com. But the reality is, folks, if you won't even save yourself, how can you expect for your family or grandchildren or anybody else to be saved. You can't rely on other people, rely on yourself. That's the person to bank on. And if not now, when? And if not you, who? Thank you. And please tell the people the name of your your show again so they know. The show is, is called Cut the Crap. And I know that's a weird name for a program, but CRAP is merely an acronym that stands for Culture, Race, and American Politics. Politics, CRAP, C-R-A-P. And what I'm really good at is cutting the crap and helping you get the one desperate thing you need, and that is called a mental enema.
Right. And the mental enema can only come through truth because we're not getting enough of it. Uh, uh, Buddy, thanks for coming back. Uh, Hopefully I'll get to see you sometime again. Uh, Before you go, I just want to tell you, you know, when you were talking about people and and fear and talking about uh, uh, about how people in this country, some either go one direction or the other. One of the best moments outside of you and all the speakers down at that Rock the Red in Greenville, South Carolina, was when somebody asked in a room filled with people, several hundred people, how many people in the audience were vaxxed and only three people raised their hand to say they had taken the jab and the stab. Right. And that was just so refreshing to me coming from New York just to see that Everybody in that room did not comply for the most part. And it was just a wonderful thing. And that was one of the that was one of the first points because you brought it up earlier. How many of us did not take it, although they told us to. And that was the first coming from New York where almost everybody I know were jabbed up to the kazoo. Right. That was a wonderful thing to see. So thank you for coming on. Continue to do what you do. We need warriors. And you are one of them. There you have it, everybody, for the third time. And he will be back again. Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. I want to thank Jovan Hutton Pulitzer for encouraging us to keep up the good fight, to not let them grind us down, psychologically especially. Hopefully there's a collective sigh across the nation to hold on, to hold out, to not give up because we're going to win this thing. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you'll subscribe to it Leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. If you're a first-time listener, we encourage you to check out the podcast archive located on the page. There you can hear previous guests, including Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Dick Morris, Ben Carson, Steve Turley, Mike Lindell, Dan Schultz, Steve Stern, Monica Crowley, Vince Everett Ellison, Tom Holman, Diamond and Silk, John DeLemme, and Peter Navarro. That's all for now, folks. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America. America.